You're listening to the PBE Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the feed on Spotify, Pocket Casts, Anchor, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. You don't want to miss any great audio content from the pro baseball experience. Now let's get on with today's show. All right. Hello and welcome everyone to the Rabid Max or Max Rabid. I think we went with Rabid Max podcast last time. I think, yeah. Official name. Um, so sorry for the delay. Uh, kind of my fault. Uh, I was away at a cottage uh, with some family for a bit and then uh, just kind of uh, unmotivated to get at her, but we're back. So um, we're going to dive right into this today and kind of talk about a uh, uh, variety of of uh, subjects kind of ranging all over from um, mostly just news related stuff within the league. Um, so uh, Mr. Max, uh, if I don't know if you want to do any introductions, you can have at her or uh, you can start the first subject if you'd like. How's everybody doing? I'm Max, uh, Kyle Bellinger Jr. now because Kyle Bellinger retired. Um, yeah, I've been doing pretty well. I just uh, recreated a couple of days ago, uh, last Thursday, so it's almost a week now uh, that I, since I recreated. So that was a big thing. And cause it's actually kind of fun, Rabbit, because what happens is this is the first time, like, you know, forever, dude, that, like, I'm not a GM of a major team, so I don't have to, like, go to the Vandals will go to this team. So it's kind, of, it's kind of like the first time I was drafting. You know how fun that is. It's like I tell everybody, listen, I'm not loyal to anybody now. I'm going to go wherever anybody wants me. So it's kind of fun to see where you end up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the kind of thing I'm really hoping to get back to myself when I recreate is because um, – like first time it was like a real kind of experience and all that stuff. Um, I mean, that was season one though. And then the next time I recreated, it was sooner than I wanted to. Um, but due to expansion and me being the GM at the time in Vancouver, I had to uh, kill my last player probably about two seasons earlier than I wanted to um, in order to like help the team. And yep. um, I, with, with me creating this player, I was solely focused on the team. Like, honestly, I had, I did not, give any care on how this player did. Um, and because you have that mentality, it's been really hard for me to be invested in walk and fuss. Like I know pe- there's quite a people, a lot of people who love the name, which I'm happy about <laughs> that people enjoy it. But uh, um, in all honesty, like this player, I'm so incredibly uninvested in. And um, I just really just want him to kind of really help a team and do something at this point. But I'm not holding my breath. I'm not going to get close to a Hall of Fame career because um, the one thing I've noticed, I'm not sure if you've noticed the trend, um, but really if you're not on like a top tier team when you're hitting like your first strides of starting pitcher, we'll say 900 TPE, like unless you're on a top tier team, it's a struggle to even like get close to some of those top end stats because if you're on a weaker team, right, like you're you're kind of snuckered, right? Mm-hmm. Like you look at my player, like my player's almost 1700 TPE. And I mean, I do quite a bit of testing and, and I feel like he, he's pretty optimally built. Um, but I mean, Nola's the lowest TPE team in the league. And uh, I think I just dipped under four ERA for the first time all, all season. Um, but like, I'm only like a 3.2 war. 
like the top pitchers are all in the five range. Like, I mean, you'd kind of hope for better, but uh, like I said, it, it's becoming kind of painfully clear that uh, um, if, if you don't get a good team when you're in your pitcher's prime, like you struggle. So, but anyways, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hundred percent excited for recreating uh, cause I want to clean slate it if I can. Um, I kind of was on the fence with you and diesel about recreating um, at this trade deadline. And I kind of was like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But then with expansion looming, um, I kind of decided to back off on that because I, I would hurt Nola to do that. Um, I, I feel like they'd have to expose one of their other core players that they really need. And I don't want to do that. Like that's such a good group of guys. Last thing I'm going to do is make a move that kind of serves myself rather than, you know, let's just stick it out for another two, three seasons. I earned all this TPE. I might as well use it. Yeah. Um, yep. And, you know, kind of get them along and, you know, still help out where I can. But um, I, I feel like if I do this time, like these two extra two, three seasons, which I think I will, um, when I recreate, like I want, I mean, obviously past reputation will be things, but I want a full clean slate. Like I want to enter the draft as like, you know, like I'm, we're doing this fresh. I'll go almost anywhere, like play anywhere, that kind of thing. But for your player, um, you're a catcher this time, right? Just like in season three. Oh yeah, that's right. You started as a catcher, didn't you? And then you mm-hmm. do third base. Yep. Right on, right on. Uh, what uh, what archetype did you end up running? Um, hand you man, I I looked at it and it seemed like um a pretty good archetype. It seemed pretty because. If you ever seen my players before, and I'm sure you've seen them, I I'm the kind of guy I really like like balanced teams. You know what I mean? Like I mean, I'm teams. I'm sorry, players. Like I really like. I I've always looked to be like a balanced that because I don't need to be the guy who's like hitting home runs and. Hitting a moon jock, you know. Or if I can get on base and I can move the guy from first to second or second to third, I'm a ha- I'm happy. And I feel like the handyman archetype, um, it allows you to do that. You know what I mean? Well, there was the uh, the interesting article. Um, did you see the relative WAR rating, like for the different defensive stats? Um, I did not. Oh well. I'll, I'll try and find it for you after the fact, but there was a really good article put out by, I can't remember who did it, but they did an article that showed essentially the war value rating for defensive stats and offensive, I believe, but it was mostly defensive focused and just showing like um, uh, the, the game has multipliers. So someone who plays shortstop has the the biggest benefit um, at defense. So that, like they'll gain the most war rating from having a good uh, defensive game. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas someone who plays like first base, their uh, defensive contribution of their war is super low. I got you. Um, but yeah, one of the things was for catcher was I believe the value for arm was actually like almost nothing, but ability was worth quite a bit. So the one thing about handyman is it has the highest catcher ability rating for 90. So, I mean, as long as, that is a focus of yours, which I'm sure it will be because you yeah. have two defensive stats to invest in. Um, 
you know, that, that'll be obviously a nice little boost there that you'll have above uh, the cannon or uh, going with utility. And the other cool thing, too, is I really like is... So you remember how you were saying with, um, with your player, it's like you made the player for the team and, like, it wasn't like... It was like... It, it was a player you made to help your team when you were GM, right? That's how a lot of the catchers are, because a lot of the catchers are GMs or, you know, like that. There's no, like, real, quote-unquote, for lack of a better word, like, organic catcher. You know what I mean? Oh, no, 100%. Buddy, I was eyeing catcher if I recreated this deadline, too. So, I mean, it, it'd be kind of cool to, like, make a name for myself that isn't tied to, like, being a GM or, like, Something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and for the, sure. And the other really cool thing is, Rabbit, is like, I'm, I, you hit the nail so hard on the head on what I was going for before when you, we were talking. And like, because like, I was the same exact way as you do. The first expansion, I was a GM with the Vandals, and I killed my first player at 999 TPE. Because of the expansion. Because, like, like, you know, if, if I retire, I don't have to protect my player. I can protect one of my other, I can protect one of my guys. So it gives me an ex- technically, you know, loose term, gives you another expansion slot. A protection slot, I'm sorry. So what's pretty cool is, so I had, a, so I, I made Kyle Bellinger the first one. Because, my team needed an infield player. So I said, okay, well, that's what I'll do. I don't, I've, I've never been a fan of making a pitcher. To me, it's complicated and it's annoying and it's just not for me. For some people, like, they love it and that's awesome. Not for me. So I said, I'm going to make another batter, but I'll make it for the team. And you, like you said, it's kind of hard to, like, you know, get involved. And like get invested in your player when you're just like, well, it's not really something you want. It's just something you need. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like the play. It's like it's for the team. So you you know, you get invested. You put TPE and you do your JPTs and the PTs, but it's never anything special. But now it's like I don't have the, any responsibility with any team. So that's kind of cool. So I can now I can do whatever I want. I, can, I made my own Twitter. I can do. I can get drafted to any team that wants me. I'll go. So it's pretty cool. It's it's, it's exciting to be like that again, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think with the, um, I it sounds like it's official, but at the same time, it like people seem a, a, like kind of aloof about it. Like, um, I it might have been included in the expansion rules. I may have been forgetting. Did they announce that the cap's going down to 130, like, officially? I don't think so. Because I know okay, it's okay. in the rule book as it being down to 130. So, I don't really usually like saying this, but it's, it's, it's an exclusive for the, the Variety Hour podcast, so you'll get a hot take. Ooh. Uh, um... Uh, in head office, we have we have this like this 
tier, basically. It's better to explain. So, like, some guys do this, some guys do that, some guys do this. And in real life, if you annex anybody who already met me, they tell you Max is not good at math. I can't do math in my life. So I stay out of the conversation with Cap because I'm not, I don't do good with math. I don't, I trust the guys who do it. So whatever they say goes, it's okay. Well, you guys did the math. You guys figured it out. I trust you guys. That's what we do. So I'm the wrong person to ask about Cap. <laughs> I'll tell you, go talk to anybody else other than me. You know what I mean? Well, that's fair. Um, The reason why I want to talk about that is because it has a close relation to literally what we were discussing, right? As far as recreates and making pictures and stuff is if the rumors are to be true that the cap is dropping to 130, which would, or sorry, was it 130? I think it was 120, actually. 120 with a 130 hard cap, um, which would mean a decrease of the cap of 16 million per team. Um. Again, I think that's too harsh, but if it's in that range, even if they bump it down to 130, that's still 6 million that teams are losing, right? And that's yes. going to stop some of the super team stuff that's going on a little bit. Um, and that's where I think it's interesting is as a GM, I made a pitcher because at the time back in season 12, 13, starting pitchers still weren't like easy to come by. Um, this free agency was pretty humbling for me because there's a lot of teams against the cap. And I mean, being a pitcher that was like 14, 1500, I mean, the only teams that wanted to add me were mostly, well, pretty much every single team that's not in the playoffs. Oh. Uh, minus uh, Boise, who has, that's been such a surprise that they've done as well as they have. Um, not that I hadn't, you know, any thought that they wouldn't do decent. It was just, uh, just, you know, wasn't who I picked. And, uh, but Pitching was at such a premium that as a GM, as I always argued that you're silly if as a GM you're not making probably a shortstop, a second base, a catcher, or a starting pitcher. Because those – and you you just said, how many GMs are catchers, right? Mm-hmm. Like who has Max earned that wasn't a catcher at some point in their career? I think maybe the one Crabs player, Richards – or was it Richard Small? It was – or no, Smitty. Smitty. Smitty, but he was co-GM for a bit, was he not? Yep. Yeah, so like almost every single catcher in the league who has earned decently has been a co- or head GM. Mm-hmm. The closest that I've ever seen a catcher come, TPE-wise, that didn't end up in those roles was uh, Bizzercap back in the day, but I don't think he cracked a 1,000. Oh, man, what a throwback name. I forgot all about him. Yep. And uh, Mountain Quick, he's been clinging. I think regression is going to hit him soon. But he hit like almost 900, but he went inactive. Like um, there, there's so few catchers in this league that aren't a GM or a co-GM that um, like, I mean, you're so that's kind of the the issue, right? Mm -hmm. Is if your options will be somewhat limited because uh, like uh, I think New York, um, Paz isn't a GM anymore there, but he's really the catcher of the future, right? Yeah. Uh, Dan Halen at OBX, that's CK. He's the GM. He's the catcher of the future. Like, 
Um, Jose was for the longest time. I mean, he's not GM anymore, but he was in that role. Like you'll have teams that are definitely going to be all in on you because there's teams that don't have GM catchers, but there's also going to be teams that, you know, you know, you can just cross off your list now because the GMs are catchers and with them limiting the amount of position changes you can do now, um, it's going to take that away. Right. Yep. But anyway, sorry, <laughs> a little off top, but that's what I said. As a GM, I think you're really doing a disservice to your team if you're not creating a starting pitcher, right? Because really your outlook has to be team more than player. And as long as you have two really good starting pitchers, you really should have like a third decent one. Um, but you really only need three really good pitchers when it comes to playoffs for this league. And with that cap potentially getting shaved back, is that's the main thing I think you'll see is if teams are going to have to give up somewhere, it's going to be in pitching, not in the positional or batting. Yeah. And I would think they'd be silly to, to hang on to four expensive pitchers because like I just said, like, okay, come playoffs, you're still going to play probably your best two or three, two, especially in a five game series, three for sure in a seven game but your fourth will always go to the pen and be like your stopper. But I mean, um, to as far as TPE advantage, right? Uh, relief pitchers have more base starting TPE than starters do. So for that same TPE level, right? If you've got a thousand bullpen guy and a thousand TPE starting pitcher, I mean, your bullpen guy is going to be better than them anyways. Yep. So I think that's where you're going to see is if the cap comes down with this expansion is you're going to see teams probably shedding more pitching and it, that'll get spread around more evenly. I think people are going to cling probably at least to six or seven, seven if they, they can manage it with a cap, but teams are going to really push for that strong or six or seven batters and then try and work in those last two spots with rookies or um, I think the day of a lot of like um, using an actives is going to be over for like, we'll say 80% of the league, you're, you're still going to have those rebuilding teams that may lean on them just so like the rookies don't get slaughtered. But um, the main thing is if you look around the league now, like it's, there's not a lot of inactives that like that are popping up constantly. Oh, a good thing, isn't it? Oh, it's totally a good thing. Right. I'm just saying, like, I just, I was really thinking about that and I was like, man, I remember you could always be like, Oh, hey, it's Boomerang Goblin. He's still in the lineup on a team, right? <laughs> yep, yep. Like, if you're 600 uh, TPE and active, you probably don't make a lineup most of the time. Like you said, unless you're rebuilding and then you're in like the middle of a hard rebuild, then you probably will. You know? So, yeah. Um, yeah, as far as the recreates go, I said, I'm. I'm Super excited for you. I mean, I think you picked a really good position, and you're gonna have really. I mean, I mean, there's some teams think for pretty much your career, you just, they'll just be crossed off the list. And that's not because you wouldn't want you. It's just that they're GMs or catchers. But um, being a, a catcher, and if you're like a good earning TPE player, if you ever hit free agency, oh buddy, I think you would get like max offer. Like, screw any top starting pitcher in the league, you would get bank. So I mean that's why I'm eyeing a catcher. I really want to do something that's like uh lower um lower defensive investment this time around. I've kind of toyed with the idea of going back to second base, but I mean that is defensive heavy. 
Um, but I feel like I'm looking at left field, first base catcher kind of uh, situation. The only thing is I don't want to make a left fielder because uh, then I have to try and get my name on a list that has Vic Thunder everywhere. Thunder, he, I don't think he's ever going to get replaced, do you? No, I mean, you know what I mean? Perfect Storm, a uh, high-earning player on a good team and like was like one of the really good power hitters when like we can't I can't stress enough the advantage of being a 600 TPE player in a league where the average is only 400 like it was it's huge and those old records will hold up for for quite a bit of time and i mean even the the Vandal stadium is called Thunderdome so, yeah exactly so uh yeah, so talk about recreates and stuff there. I guess next would be, because we've kind of touched on it in a bit, is the expansion. So um, we've already seen one of the team brandings come out. Uh, let me just look at here. So it is the uh, Kashima Kitsun. Um, I believe, like, so they don't have, like, an official, like, uh, logo of, like, the animal, but I would assume it's uh, some kind of fox, right? Yeah. So what's your feelings on the location, uh, the branding, um, you know, even the colors and stuff. And as someone who is kind of entering the draft, um, you know, kind of your willingness, like you don't have to say like, you know, if obviously you don't want to, I would not want to go there, but like, would they, would you rate them like a top five destination or like a middle of the pack, you know, those kind of things. Got you. Um, I I like the um. I like the uh the branding. It's different. It's unusual. It stands out to what the rest of the league has. I would I would say they're in the middle of the pack, just because I don't know how well they're gonna GM. And I mean Emmy and Gurren are great people. I love them, but. You know, the new GMs, see how that shakes out a little bit. And location is cool. I mean, first, isn't that like the first non-North American team? I'm pretty sure it is, right? I mean, in uh, PBE, yeah. Yeah. No, in the world, probably. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty cool. What do you think of it? I like, I mean, the colors are unique, right? Would I use it as my color scheme? Probably not. Um, uh, I, I did have, uh, I mean, I think we talked about this, but I did submit an application uh, for expansion GM. Um, and we were looking at Halifax. Um, and we had kind of a different uh, color scheme. Like, I don't think I'd use that color scheme, but I, I don't hate it. Like, it's not bad. Um, so it, it's unique, right? Like, I'm kind of middle of the road on that. The the branding, it, I don't know, it feels more baseball than like every other logo in the league. Because if you look at the MLB logos, it's all just like like single letters with very, you know, few flashiness about it. Like the Blue Jays logo sticks out almost like a sore thumb from the MLB. And I love it. Like I love the Blue Jays logo. Um, but we did talk about this. What was that? I think we lost Rabbit for a second there. 
Well, it's not a big deal. He'll, he'll come back when he... All right, well, this is going to be part two of this because uh, I guess my internet died in the middle of my last thing. So anyone listening to the first set of the podcast will probably end abruptly, um, but we'll <laughs> we'll continue where we left off. It's like a um, cassette, you know, like part A. Now flip the cassette over for part B. Essentially, right? So we were talking, you were talking about um, Emmy's team and about like the Blue Jays logo. Oh, I just, I said like it, I'm middle ground on it, right? Like it, it doesn't fit with the general PBE theme. Uh, not, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Just like when, when you're going to look at the banners, it's going to look off in comparison to like the kind of like uh, uniformity we seem to have going, but it, it's, it's very baseball though, or like closer to the MLB, but uh, the location is interesting. I, I mean, I go like this, right? The game doesn't have travel fatigue in it, right? As far as I know, pretty sure it doesn't. Um, so, I mean, you could put a team in the North Pole and it, it wouldn't matter, right? People are going to be like, oh, well, you know, location is bad. It's like, who cares, right? This is a fictitious baseball league. If it is where it is, I mean, cool. Uh, it's We're international now, right? Maybe because we don't play 162 games, it allows us that extra time to travel, all right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. Well, I don't, I don't know how public knowledge this is, but do you know the secret about Rhode Island? What, that, that every single game plays on their time? No, even more than that. Every single stadium is in Providence. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, it doesn't matter. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I... Uh... Well, kind of what I asked you, like, so when it when draft time comes, uh, like, are they, would you reckon they're a top five kind of destination, or are you just kind of like middle ground on them? More middle ground, Rabbit. Like, they're new GMs. I love both of them. Emmy and Gerwin are great people. But, like, I want to see how it shakes out a little bit. You know what I mean? Before like, oh yeah, I want to go there. You know, I want to see how it does, how they they GM, how it's ran for a couple seasons. Then maybe in a couple seasons in free agency, I can hop over if I really want to. You know. Um, I mean that's fair too. Uh, I think <laughs> again, I haven't been in management chat for a while on HO, but judging by the people who are there nowadays, um. I think if that tandem would have been GMing, we'll say six plus seasons ago, like in the past, I think they would have had a hard time um, sticking around. But I feel like the group there is a lot more calmer and uh, um, they shouldn't have too much trouble kind of fitting in, right? I don't think so. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, I'm still, I want to see the other team's branding and location, uh, what they're thinking. Um, and. Um, I think for me, the, the biggest thing that I think will be interesting to see, um, will be what kind of path they go. Because the last time we've had these last two times, actually, we've had these expansion drafts. We literally have the same format. One team goes young, like, I mean, burn it to the ground, super young. 
And then the other one always tries to compete right away in some shape or form. Um, yeah. I don't care what the old Florida GMs say. I mean, they got so, I wouldn't say lucky because, and I'm not going to say tampering, but I mean, they had a pretty big haul of free agent talent and, you know, just like kind of felt like forced trades to like really gain a good core and assets to make them competitive out of the gate um, that, you know, Detroit seemed to kind of try and do, but ultimately kind of stubbed their toe um, after the first season. And I mean, Cancun did the same thing, right? Where they tried to go harder out of the gate. uh, Whereas the opposing expansion team decided to go younger. Um, And it did work for Utah. Like it took them forever to build up steam, but when they did, I mean, they got their title, they dipped you know, pretty hard there for a bit, but Boise looks like, like it's again back up on the rise. And Nola went full scorched build up from the bottom. And I mean, they're still building. Like, there's still probably another, um, like, I would say two seasons away. Like, next year, they're still going to be, you know, probably a lottery team, right? Or I shouldn't even say lottery. There's no lottery anymore. They're going to be uh, looking at the top of the draft team. Um, the year after that, maybe. Um, but I think it depends on kind of how things shake out and how squished the cap gets, right? Yeah. So the cap. The, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what what teams do. Um, I think I don't know. I get this feeling like it's going to be different this time. It's that's the I'm just getting that vibe. Like I I don't see either team doing that compete out the gate move. I see them doing more of a balanced approach. Um, the one thing I never see though is uh, like, like I've always said, when I see some of these trades and stuff happen as a 4GM teams, like they are too cheap. Like they're way too cheap. Like if I was an expansion team, I'd be taking, like if someone exposes a key player to be like, Oh, whatever. If they go, good luck. You get them for a season. You know, I don't think too many teams are do that quite too much anymore, but I mean, if you're going to put good pieces on the table, I'm going to take them. And if you want them back, you got to pay, but it seems like teams are all too happy to be like, Oh, give me a fourth. And that's fine. And it's like, what? Like you just gave them back like a 1200 TV player and you took a fourth for it. I I think a lot too is like, um, I think we talked. I don't know if we talked on the podcast before, but we definitely talked about it. Me and you. I think a lot of too is like people want these jams. They're like, they're like they first thing is you want your guys happy. You you want them to be in a space spot where they want to, where they want to be. So if they don't want to be for your team. What's the point of holding on? And then GMs, they try to be like nice to you. Like, it's like it, what's the best way to explain it? It's like really, it's like at the end of the day, it's a, it's a it's a game. As much as we don't want to admit it, it's a game, and it's like I think that's why people do it. It's like, yeah, okay, give me a fourth round, and I'll give them back to you. At least I get something out of it. Because you know the guy's gonna leave. As soon as free agency happens, the minute that happens, he's going back anyway. So you might as well get something out of it. You know what I mean? 
could I mean, I, I, I guess, but it just feels like I see these really like weak deals get made with, you know, even if it is that intention, like, oh no, I'll be nice. But then you never see the payback for it, right? Like, um, like the amount of times I've seen team, and again, I always give them credit. Death Valley fleeces people all the time. And I don't know if people are just being nice to them, but I know, like, that's the thing. Death Valley just keeps being good, but I don't, you know what I mean? Where's the payback for them? Where's them giving that asset back to that team later down the road? And you don't see it happen just because, you know, Death Valley has built a good culture. They've built a good team. So they just keep winning and there is never that payback, right? Yeah. And I keep seeing those trades and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, I get you might be rebuilding, but like, stop letting them fleece you. Like, you've got to charge more, right? Well, I think the other issue too, Rabbit, is like, so here, here's a hypothetical. You say, listen, I'll give you player ABC, 1300 TP. You have to give me a, you have to give me a third or second round pick. Okay. But the original team says, why would we do that if you had to wait two seasons? He's going to get more TPE. He's going to come back here for free. What's the point of trading you a second round for a guy we can get back in two seasons anyway for free? So I think that's a problem too because like it's like, yeah, okay, you can have him for two, three seasons. He's going to come back here anyway, right? I mean, depending on the situation, like for us in Vancouver, when I traded for Ulysses Rove, um, I mean, obviously Eric Rivers has turned into a great player and he's the co-GM there now in New York. But I mean, at the time that was like, I, I knew that was probably a two, three season rental, but I mean, he had like 800 TPE on him. So I was like, well, I'm going to burn this, you know, candle even it is short, you know, to try and get this window a bit bigger. But I, I don't know. I just, but that kind of lay, lay, leads into, kind of a more sticky situation where you're saying like, well, you know, they're going back in two seasons. Well, how do you know that? Right. I mean, the reality is, is that people seem to like not want to mention it. It's like mentioning the word union at a job where everyone's like, Oh, don't say union. Right. Um, it's like, if anyone denies that tampering doesn't happen, they're, they're lying to themselves. There's so many yes. leagues and cross discords that if, someone's on the same team as someone else in three other leagues and you see they're going to become a free agent soon. I mean, put the puzzle pieces together, right? I don't care if you admit that the tampering doesn't happen or not. It does. And that's why I think Hummus did do a poll or something about it, but which should tampering be legal and stuff. And I just said, what does it matter? It's it's, it happens anyways. If people say it doesn't happen, like you're full of it, it happens. And I just, that's what I said. If it's the last year of the contract, open the gates, just allow it to happen because it's happening anyways, whether you want to admit it or not. Right. Um, if people trust each other that much and they're comfortable with them, like there's full on tampering and personal DMS, right. They're not going to do it on the website. No one's that dumb anymore. And it's not like, you know, HO has access to people's personal DMS on discord. Um, so it's just, I, you know what I mean? Like I get what you're saying and I, and, and I agree, but, um, if like let's not kid ourselves that there's massive tampering going on constantly. I'm gonna I'm gonna actually break down what you said a little bit. And it doesn't even have to be um you're in a team with somebody else or like 
you're in a league with somebody else. It doesn't even have to be like that. If, if I'm friends with some, if somebody's friends with somebody, listen, they use that. You hit the nail on the head again. You've known it all night. If I'm friends with somebody and I just PM them on Discord and I say, dude, come to XYZ when, you're, when your contract's up. There's no way without a humongous, ginormous breach of privacy to ever know that's going to happen. And it happens all the time, like you said. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, having like a tamper-free league, where I've seen people throw that out, like a full no tamper, is they still, I'm like, whatever. Like, I, I still don't agree with that just because um, there are people who might actually be on the fence. And if someone's allowed to aggressively pursue it, right, or pre-plan, right, those good teams that want to stay good, if they're like, well, uh, we know for a fact we're going to let these three guys go, so we're going to have gaps here, 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 and I'll let you bat third in the lineup two seasons from now when you become a free agent and you're 900 TPE. I mean, again, I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but that leaves the gate fully open for people to do that. And, I mean, as much as some people – I do see the excitement where people are like, oh, I'd love to play for an expansion team, but you know, et cetera, et cetera. The vast majority of the people who – just are involved with their player in the league. Like they're not management. They're not like in a team's war room or something. All they want to do is see their player try and take a shot at the hall of fame. And where's the best chance of you doing that? Probably one of the better teams. You're like, I'm just going to be blunt and sorry. If you're expecting to make the hall of fame as a starting pitcher and you're starting off, you know, pitching 400 TPE for a team that's full of 400 TPE players Dude, your first five seasons are going to be hard to make up the rest of rest of your career. That's just the reality of it. Yeah, and that's why, like I say, like tampering being allowed fully, um, I, I don't agree with because the teams that do well immediately have a better platform than anyone who is struggling, right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, anyways, we can, uh, I gotta go look back. What was some of the other stuff you wanted to talk about there? Oh, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, let me get for you. Oh, uh, Providence new co-GM. Yeah. Who do you think it's going to be? Well, uh, podcast exclusive. I have reached out to them about it. Really? That I have. Um, I'll say right now it's been more of a kick the tire situation than, you know, I'm like fully committed and wanting it. Um, I know that at least from what I've heard in the grapevine is I think some people in Providence like still aren't like super mega keen about me, uh, which is fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. I, I, like I said, I've been trying really hard lately to try and change the perception. And, but I know, you know, past events, sometimes they're hard to get over and that's fine. I, I don't, Regret anyone for that. I mean, you think what you think, and that's cool, man. Um, you know, I know I've been a dick in the past, and I got to live with that. Um, but I, like I said, I did apply for an expansion team, and I kind of have that itch to get back into it, like as far as management-wise. And Providence seems to have a pretty kind of good system going there for, for what they have. And, you know, it, it's kind of a throwback for me because Providence was the first team that ever did draft me. Um, and as much as I did like winning in Vancouver, um, I kind of, you know, part of me still kind of misses the fact that I 
you know, maybe I should, like, I kind of wanted to stay there, you know, like, uh, like an original kind of stay there from season one. So it interests me. Um, I think the main roadblock will be whether anyone else, that team, uh, vetoes that, um, and just kind of like the roles that they want the co-GM to fill, uh, which the one, I'm not sure if I've stated on the podcast before, but I, I've, I've mentioned to people is my least favorite part about GMing is scouting. And I think that's one of the roles that they're looking for the co-GM to fill, which for me, I'm not like, I just, I'm not like a huge fan of scouting. So that might be kind of the pain point for me. Kind of cool though, man, if you get it. I hope you, I mean, I hope, uh, good luck if you get it. You fill did you fill out the um you fill out the uh the questionnaire and everything too? Yeah, I linked it uh uh to him on Discord. I didn't do it on the forums. Um I got you yeah, just because I'd rather talk to the person in general than like post the stuff on uh the forums for um anyone to come in and like you know what I mean, just needlessly yeah. go off about stuff. So do, do you have a history with uh prior? Not really. Uh, I looked at my message history with him and I think I had last talked to him about, I got actually get a look at that. It was something like from like way back, way back when. God. Yeah. Uh, last time we had talked was in April of 2019 when he said about fi- fixing, oh, asking if I could fix Randy Drumbo for his minor team. Wow. What a throwback. Yeah. So you, are you still in the Crabs locker room? Uh, no, no. I. It's just with me, like uh, with Discord at times, like I, I'm, it's like I, I ramp up the amount of servers I'm in, but then it's like I get in too many and then I feel bad because I'm like never like going to them to check them to answer stuff. Um, unless like someone pings me most of the time. So I just feel bad because I have all this clutter on my left-hand bar. And if I'm like, well, if I'm not visiting or interacting, right, no one's pinging me to, you know, ask me anything or something. I just, like, leave half the time. Um, I was in the crabs for a bit, but I, I, again, just nothing was really happening in there as far as um, chatting and stuff. So I just, I ducked out. I'm only in two uh, PVE team locker rooms right now. Well, it's not even locker room, just, like, servers. What about minor leagues? Uh, no, I was in the 66ers, but it was the same idea. Like, just n- nothing was happening in talking, so I bailed. And I'm sorry if that, I don't mean to be mean with that. Clyde. The 66ers are the best locker room, though, right? I mean, I don't know. I always have a soft spot for the Mounties because I help brand them. But, uh, yeah, I haven't been in the Mounties uh, for a while. So, I mean, my thing is... I think I'm kind of excited about that too is uh, recreating is like maybe actually getting involved in a minors team because I've only, have, I've only ever been in the minors once and it was as the GM recreate and I was on Anchorage for one season and then I pieced out after one. So like for me to get invested in, and minors, like I just, I haven't been at all since I've been in this league. You gotta be careful saying that the FBI is going to be outside your house or whatever the Canadian equivalent is. Minors baseball. Exactly. <laughs> a little bit better. But um Yeah, I mean 
Oh, that's a, do you do you follow the miners at all? Talking about the miners. Uh I I've been trying to more, like trying to like focus on it more and stuff like that. Um, but I know you want to talk about the player place. We we will, but just before we do that, um, so the Providence GM, right? I I said that I did kick the tires. Um, so have you heard anything? Who who do you think's like a, a front runner for that? Like what what do you think? I've heard a couple people who applied. Like I'm, I'm not out. I'm not at um, liberty to say names because I'm not sure what's public and what isn't. You know, I haven't really like done too much research. But I've heard a couple of good names, and if any of those people get picked, Providence is going to be in a good spot for a long, long time. So they have, like, a good future out of them if they pick any of these people that I've heard about. You know what I mean? I mean it'll be an external hire or internal? I don't know yet, but I've heard names from both inside and outside the, the team. Okay, well, that's good. I always like to hear that you have internal applications because then, obviously, that, that shows that um, – there's good rapport with the team and that, and that there's people who kind of want to step up. Right. Yep. But they have good prospects in the GM department. So I think they're going to be fine with every, who they take. You know what I mean? There's nobody who's like, I saw spoken about where it's like, Oh my God, stay six feet away from that guy. Don't go near him. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I, like I said, like I, I've kicked the tires about it, but if I see someone that's been hired from internally from Providence, like again, I'm not going to feel bad at all. I'll be like, that's good. Like you want you want your players to like want to step up to that when it becomes available. I always, you know me, when 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 you took over the job for um, Vancouver, I've always wanted. I always prefer internal hiring. It's just like because it's easier because the guys know the culture, they know how the teams ran, they know how guys are. It's just easier that way, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. But I think the the crabs are going to be fine, regardless of what whoever they pick, you know? Yeah, I mean they've they've um. They've been drafting really well, at least from what I've seen. Uh, anytime a hole pops in, they plug it, and they've been able to pull in free agents too uh, when they need to. So, again, I'm not worried about them in the slightest. Like, uh, unless they hire some like off the wall personality that pushes people out, which I doubt, um, they they're, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Um. So the miners playoff race. I did read. Beavers uh, like full chaos media piece about like what would happen and to get all the teams except for obviously the Hepcats at like 48 wins. And I mean, you're still within that scenario. You've got one sim left with how many games does most teams probably have? Probably 10. I imagine. So the Hepcats have played 92 games and it's, is it 108 or 104? It's 108, isn't it now? Yes, yep. Yeah, so most teams look like they're at at or around 92. So, wait, my math off? No, was Miners only 100 games? 
Yeah, mine it is. It is. It is. It is. Yep. 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 Majors that are one away. Yeah, the the minors didn't didn't expand the amount of games. Okay, right. So most teams have eight games left, and what we're looking at, have cats are in. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, it's for the minors. It's straightforward. It's the top four teams now that make it. Correct. Yep. So you have to look at the wild card situation. Then uh, you've got the Dillos with 48, 66ers with 45, Chicago with 45. And then the Dynamos and the Wheelers both have 44. Um, the only team that seems like they're pretty much out of it is Kingston. Um, so you have five teams fighting for two spots that are within four wins of one another. The, the Dillos have, it's not much of one, but they have a little cushion because they have that three win kind of lead against the rest of them. But those other four teams, you've got two 45s and two 44s. Like, oh man. Um, do you know off the top of that, Ed, who's playing who? I've got the, the schedule up, so I can look here real quick, but I'm just wondering if you knew. Um, we're, I definitely know we're playing the Hepcats. We've been testing. So San Bernardino, you play four against Anchorage and then four against the Hepcats. Yep, see, I knew that. That's for anybody else, I'm not sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Chicago plays the Dynamos and the Swift Steeds. Dynamos play their other four games are Kingston. That should be pretty easy. No offense. Yeah, if, if I had to look, I think Anchorage probably has the hardest schedule. Um, just, well, most important schedule is they play four against the 66ers and then immediately four against the Dillos. Yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting se- uh, run. You know. So what are we looking at here? So the Dillos, um, they're 9-7 and seven against the Wheelers. Not good for the Wheelies boys there. Um, 66ers, who do we say they play again? They play Anchorage and the Hepcats. So, oddly enough, Hepcats... Oh, sorry, Dermot, I was reading that wrong. Okay, well, San Bernardino is 5-11 and 11 against the Wheelers and 6-10 and 10 against the Hepcats. So, um, that's that's a rough head-to-head to head in for them, for sure. Yes. Yeah. But... We're going to test them. We're going to try our best, you know. I believe so, we do. I'm pretty sure I said the Dillos play the Mounties? Yes. No, sorry, they don't. I was oh. reading. Ah, it's, I wish I could have like all the team schedules up at once, but. Yeah, but the Dillos play the Hepcats. That's the main thing. Uh, who do the Hepcats play? Yeah, so they play the Dillos and San Bernardino. So I think they'll be interesting to watch because obviously they're the best team in the minors right now um, is how much of those uh, games they're going to they're gonna cough up. So the Hepcats against the Dillos and San Bernardino. Uh, Dillos, they're 8-8. Eight and eight. And San Bernardino, they're ten and six. So, um, 
those will be big games for you guys for sure. Stressful games, you mean? Very stressful. So I think that'll be the thing. So, because now I'm looking at majors, right? Because obviously uh, it's a majors day uh, tomorrow. Yep. Uh, I think the Voyagers should be close. I mean, again, it's five. It's a five game lead, but you figure they should probably take the East. Um, but then. And the crabs are they're they're guaranteed a playoff spot. Um, it'll be interesting to see. So the crabs play one more game against Detroit, four against Boise, and four against New York. So if they go on a run on their first five games, those last four against New York could be huge in deciding who uh, gets the bye for the first round. Yep. Um. The Sloths have actually caught up to uh, the Scorpions here. I didn't even realize. Um, I didn't get a chance to like really come over this yet. But they they're on a twelve game winning streak. It, it's no no wonder that they caught up Death Valley as quick as they did. Death Valley's four and six in the last ten. Wow. So uh, they're within two games of Death Valley, and we got to see who the Sloths play. So the oh, and they've got a neat, they've got a pretty easy schedule too. They got one more game against Florida. They got four against Nola, and then they finish up the season against Detroit. Not Detroit should be pretty nice. Uh, but Death Valley, as a rebuttal, they have one Cancun, four OBX, four Nashville. So really, both teams have a pretty easy end of the year. Um. If I if I was to pick, I'd almost rather the sloth schedule, um, playing against Nola in Detroit. Um, but um, yeah, Death Valley is they've got a they've got a pretty easy end of it too. So I think that's gonna be decided by who essentially can stomp the the lesser teams more. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean Providence could catch the sloths for top seed for the wild card if the sloths can't beat Detroit. So there's there's some moving shaking there, mostly at the top. Um because your your bottom two teams for wild card are Vancouver with 55 wins and Boise with 53. Cancun is still within striking range with 49. Um but they've just been so inconsistent this year. I just I just have a feeling like it's kind of working against them. And they have, ooh, wow, uh, Cancun <laughs> finishes the season with, they still have one game left against Death Valley, like I said. They play Florida eight times in the year. Really? That's a weird schedule, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's definitely weird. And then, meanwhile, poor Boise, who's ahead of them, they got to play NOLA one last time, and then they play Providence four, and then Vancouver four. So... Ouch. Like, seriously, this is some pretty crazy end-of-season scheduling, like, just all around uh, for both leagues because Boise's got it up tough playing because they're playing playoff teams, whereas uh, Cancun's playing a non-playoff team in Florida right now. So, um, And then those games against Vancouver could be huge because Vancouver only has a two-game lead of them. Yep. 
And Vancouver, oh, wow. Vancouver plays New York and Boise. So, oh. um, yeah, we might see some craziness to end the season here. But at, at both who gets the lie and, honestly, who makes the wild card here. Because uh, if I'm the Toros, as much as this, you know, you've been kind of on the outside looking in, you got eight games against Florida to end the season, and Florida's currently the second worst team in the league. I mean, I'm feeling semi confident about that. I, so they, uh, I mean, they're still four back from Boise. Um, yeah. So even if you swept eight, right? Bo- Boise will have to, um, at least win what well, well, would have to at least win four of their last nine, which I can see doable. Um, Cancun, I, they, they're still up against it, but it's doable. It really is doable. Um, and Vancouver has to be care- careful because uh, um, they, again, there's six games against Cancun. They would have to totally tank it to end the year. Um but I mean, they're they're not clear yet here, so uh, it'll be interesting. Um, so if if you had to pick, uh, besides the Hepcats and the Miners, because obviously they're pretty far ahead, um, who in the majors is your favorite right now, and who in the minors is like your your dark horse? We can say. Let's go easy first. I'll say the sixty sixers are gonna make the playoffs. And we're going to kill it next uh, sim. And I think we're going to surprise a lot of people. As for the majors, shoot. Uh, I don't want to say the Scorpions, but it's probably going to be Scorpions. And, or if not the Scorpions, it's probably. Uh, It would be kind of cool if New York does something, wouldn't it? New York, for me, is such an enigma. Because I know sheer TPE doesn't always mean success. But I mean, they're like 5,000 TPE behind what you would consider most of the top teams in the league right now. And I'm just baffled on how they're doing what they're doing. I mean... And I'm not trying to like conspiracy theory here. Babs was one of the people who created the archetypes and worked really hard on it. So obviously he probably knows them well and he had some kind of plan in place, right? Whether everyone bought in or something. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in New York. So, you know, maybe use that to their advantage and that's why they're doing what they're doing. Um, But like, man, just like, just such an enigma for me because, um, I'd understand if they were having a, like a good offensive season like they are because they lead the league and, and runs generated per game. And they're like a good chunk ahead in average. Um, I believe they're top. Yeah. They're leading average OBP second in slugging and second in OPS. So like offensively, I get it. I can get why that would work. But like defensively, they're they're still fourth in the league. Like they're they're still doing really well. But that's the kind of thing that raises, I guess you could say, a little bit of a red flag for me because we've seen in the past offense can just win you the title, right? Like 
we, we've seen it happen. San Antonio, that was like their motive. It found for the longest time to just out hit anyone. Right. Yep. Um, but then we've also seen times where like death Valley and stuff where that's just like, they started stepping on the other team's neck with their defense and pitching and they just never pulled the boot off. Right. Like there's, there's been times like, I just, I just feel like when I've watched them in the playoffs seven again, it's not like they're blowing the teams out of the water. It's just like, they're waiting for the other team to do something and they just never do. Right. Yep. Um, so like, I don't know. Like I look Providence is the best defensive team in the league as far as like, um, reducing the amount of runs generated. They only allow 3.3 per game. New York is allowing almost four. So you kind of take that difference. So New York's producing five and a half, but allows almost four. So you got a 1.8 difference. Providence is, uh, we'll say five to round up sake, um, but they're only allowing 3.3. So 1.7. So they're less than New York. So New York still leads them there. Um, and New York has the benefit that, like I said, the playoffs, you shorten your pen. So they can bring it down to three. And with them acquiring uh, Fairborn at the deadline, that's literally the perfect guy to um, to essentially be a stopper because he's, he's a flamethrower, right? Yep. Um, so, yeah, like uh, it'll be – It'll be interesting for sure to see um, who who's going to do it. Man, like you said, it's hard for the majors. Like I, oh man, I wish I would have had more time to dig into this a bit deeper. But I, it depends who Providence matches up in the first round. I think if Providence draws Vancouver, as much as there's been some playoff, you know, struggles for Vancouver there. Um, if they draw Vancouver, I'm less confident in them repeating. If they draw Boise, I feel better about it for them. Um, and then it would depend who they match up in second round too, really. Like, but I don't know. I've seen this happen before where a team is like hot through the season, but the second the playoffs come, they fizzle. And I'm not, I've no it's not that I have a grudge or anything just New York. I just I get that vibe for them that they're gonna hit the playoffs and they might fizzle. And you're going to see those teams that, you know, are a little more consistent, maybe pull through. So I'm going to pick Providence for the majors. Really? Yeah, I think I think they'll piece it together when when all the chips are down. I got you. That's pretty cool. Did remind me, rather, maybe I'm totally wrong, but didn't. New York used to have that problem, like where they were great during the season, and then they just like couldn't make it in the playoffs for the longest time. Or am I misremembering? You're misremembering because New York's thing for the longest time was they were always the team that would like finish fifty and fifty and just not make the playoffs. Okay, yeah, that was it then. Okay. And then when they finally made it in like season twelve, they just wanted this insane run and then won. And then it, I think, the season after, like there was a couple seasons again where they missed a bunch of times. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. My bad. Sorry about that. Yeah. Um, as far as the Mariners go, um, man, I feel like I feel like it's a situation where like the Kingpins and Dynamo seem to have like the most kind of neutral schedules. So I think one of them are gonna steal the wild card spot. 
The only thing that makes me worried about your 66ers is that you guys are two and eight in your last 10. And we, we know in this league that it likes to uh, run its streaks now and again. Yeah, I know. Don't remind me. <laughs> and then the biggest thing. Um, wow, that's actually weird. Did you notice that you guys have a, a home and home split against KC to end the year? What was that? You have a you have a two and two split against Kansas City at the end of the year. They sixty sixers play two games at Kansas and then two at home. That's weird. Yeah, that might be something you want to look at there. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the podcast, I see an error. Um, but as it stands, it depends, right? If you guys are away, you don't play well away, but you play fairly decent at home, and your four games against the Wheelers are at home. If that Kansas City is supposed to be at home as well. Um, despite them being as good as they are, 66ers do play good at home, so then maybe you might turn the tables there. I gotta look at that now. That's weird. I think we're close to an hour. We should be, even with the uh, mini-pause here and the the two-part podcast, so uh, we'll wrap her up. Um, I think, I mean, I have no problem talking about stuff with you and just having our own subjects, but maybe... um, Again, I want to try to make this more regular. Is maybe next week uh, we'll see if we can't post uh, maybe some questions for people to, people to ask us. We're gonna stick to serious ones uh, if if it could. Um, no, like is hot dog a sandwich? Because that's not really great podcast material. So Does that work. So we'll uh, we'll we'll try doing a couple of those. But anyways, uh, for anyone who has listened, thanks for listening. Um, hopefully, we won't have a month gap uh, between each <laughs> one. Hey, so, Robert. Yeah, what's up? End of podcast question for you. Nightly brought it up. I have a question for you. What is a rabbit bunch? You want to know where it originated from? Yes. So I think there was a PT on this in SHL recently where it was like, where do you get your names from? And more or less is, yeah, it's fine. Totally embarrassing. I'll admit to it. When <laughs> I started gaming, like, you have to keep in mind that like when I first age check here, when I first started gaming, like 56 K modems were still a thing. If you don't know what that is, you can Google it. Um, the kids who had cable, right? Rogers, which is a Canadian company, they had cable, but bell offered um, DSL was the name for it. So most oh, internet nowadays are is DSL based, I believe. Um, the main things was like, I'm getting along with here. Cable, it was like more steady. Or sorry, no, you could have really high highs but low lows. DSL was through the phone and stuff, but you were had a more consistent connection. But anyways, I was gaming way back then, uh, like original Medal of Honor kind of a thing. And you could change your name mid-match. And you would get some of the really like messed up things. So it would say you were killed by, and people would name themselves like um I'm trying to think of like PG names that are still like bad, but I, I can't off the top of my head. Anyways, um, I just, at the time, most of my like screen names were like Super Saiyan Trunks or like Super Saiyan Goku because like <laughs> Dragon Ball Z was like a totally thing on like Funimation at the time, right? <laughs> like the old theme where it was like, Dragon, Dragon, that's a dragon. Like, yeah, man, like. They they'd get to like episode like twenty, but like they hadn't dubbed them yet, so they would go back to one and then play up to like twenty two and then go back to one. 
anyone who lived through that would know how terrible that was. Anyways, obviously that's like super nerdy. And as you became a teenager, you're like, I can't admit I like anime and watching that stuff. So I was like trying to just think of really two random words to put together. And I saw some guy that was named rabbit something. And uh, I feel like it was too early to be SpongeBob because I don't think it's been around that long. But someone had something like that. So I just like comboed the two words and I've never seen anyone else ever use it on any game. And I've never like when you know when you enter the, your name and it's like that name is already in use. I've never had that problem with this name. So I've just run with it. Awesome. So I, that's 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 really it. That's the origin story. I always wondered. I, I always love learning about people's like weird usernames. You know what I mean? All right, so we'll see you guys soon, I hope. All right, thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll do this again soon. All right, bye, guys. Thanks for listening. If you are not yet a member of PBE and would like to learn more, visit us online at www.probaseballexperience.jcink.net.